morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Gonzo, also known as Super G, joining us on this Monday. Andrew Cashflow, who everyone knows as the Cashflow King. And Mr. Johnny Crypto is a little bit under the weather this morning, so we're sending him love and high vibrations. Hope you're feeling better soon, my friend. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how a top Ripple executive shared eight crypto predictions for 2023, telling the world that central bank digital currencies are gearing up for adoption. Gala Games has partnered with several A-list celebrities as MasterCard is now using Polygon, creating a number of new use cases for the company. Joe Rogan had an in-depth discussion on crypto regulation, calling for exchanges after the FTX collapse. We break down the details, showing this how this is a clear example of 2023 being the year of crypto regulation. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Super G, how you feeling this morning, my friend? I want to say thank you to everybody. I'm excited to be back. It's been almost a week, but we got some great news prepared. How you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling good. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's nice to have you back, Abs. Nice and refreshed. Uh, uh, I miss Johnny. Johnny, I hope you feel better. Uh, I know he's kind of feeling under the weather, but yeah, man, it was a great weekend. Um, it's a little bit uh, sad for me because um, Shelly was on Christmas break, and so she's been around. That's why she's been in uh, in the chat. And so I think she goes back to work tomorrow. So uh, it's been nice having her around every day. So until next break. But otherwise, it was a great weekend. You know, I did a lot of um, thinking about different narratives. And we're going to talk about that when we kind of get into the markets. Andrew, and this is a perfect way to start the show. Flare airdrop equals passive income. And we're going to break it down later in the episode. But how you feeling, my friend? And thank you for being here. Yeah, actually, uh, welcome, everybody. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the in the world, I'm here in the Netherlands, in Europe. So uh, it is a terrible weather, stormy weather. It's, uh, but you know, this weather is going from west, uh, from west to east. There are the Alps. At the end of the month, Andrew goes skiing in the Alps. Currently, everything is green. So I hope I have some snow. But uh, yeah, I'm doing great. I had a great weekend, Johnny. I wish you all the best. Uh, yeah, because you are not feeling well, and uh, looking forward to a great show, uh, guys. Thank you, Andrew. And we're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is where people we are at a 25 in extreme fear this morning. And I think we're going to break down some details as to why. Gonzo, I'd love to get right into the total coin market cap because I got an interesting update for our listeners right now when it comes to the Joe Rogan experience. But Bitcoin is sitting at 17,300. Ethereum is 1,300. Tether, 99 cents. XRP is 35 cents. Gonzo, we're going to let this short video play and then we're going to go right to you, my friend. Here we go. There's no intrinsic value to this asset. And now it's starting to be priced a little. So it has a, you know, what's Bitcoin at? 16,000? It has another 17,000 to go down. Oh, really? Yeah, there's no intrinsic value to this product. And do you think that people are just inherently like lost faith in the idea behind crypto because of FTX? Well, it's, because of it became an ideology. Whenever you invest based on an ideology, you're going to make some decisions that are a little divorced from math. 
Now, what do you mean by ideology? Well, the people who really like crypto are convinced that it's the currency of the future and that a decentralized ledger is the way to go, and that anything that is controlled by a government entity is by definition a negative, and if it's done by the private sector freely, it will be better. And that's just not how currency works. Currency is a method of exchange and a store of value. And for that, there has to be a degree of trust and you have to have it managed in terms of volume. I mean, one of the, the craziest things about Bitcoin uh, is that there will never be more than X number of units of Bitcoin. Well, by default, that means it can't be used for trade because the whole idea of economic activity is that there's expansion, which means you need more currency to lubricate and manage that expansion. If currency is locked into the specific number, you get monetary inflation. And that is one of the fastest ways to destroy an economic model. Yeah, because our current financial system has absolutely no inflation, Gonzo. But you know what? Before I get my details, I'd love to kick it back to you. we got 126 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We had to roll right into that video because this is what everyone's talking about today. So, Gonzo, what caught your attention? You know, th there's so much there to unpack, Abs. Uh, and I know you're going to impact some. So it's just some of the stuff off the top of my head. When he talks about private entities, the Federal Reserve people is a private entity, right? They are not the government, right? And when he talks about inflation, inflation is because of the, deb the debasement of our currency. That's where we get inflation from, right? Um, our, our economy, our currency is, bet on, is, is based on debt, right? And that's why we have inflation. And so what the Bitcoiners talk about when they're talking about Bitcoin as it being attached to our, our monetary system, um, it's important that it's capped at 21 million, right? Because it's, it's, it's attached to an asset that can't be debased, right? And when you also, when you have something like that, it also, uh, it's, it's like that whole narrative that they talk about Ethereum now, right? When they talk about Ethereum being ultrasound money because it's deflationary. So when you attach a currency to an asset, like whether it's Bitcoin or gold or whatever, it becomes deflationary. Um, the reason why we have inflation is because it's our currency is based on debt, right? And then they have the ability to just kind of print us into oblivion. So, I mean, there's so much stuff there. I mean, he talks about, I mean, he's basically describing Bitcoin, right? When he talks about trust, uh, well, we, you don't need trust. It's a trustless system, right? Because it's based on code. Um, so, I mean, there's so much there. I'm sure you're going to uh, hit on some more stuff, Abs, but it's just like kind of ridiculous, like the stuff that he talks about. Uh, I mean, that, you know, Bitcoin, it, it, it could go down another 17,000, which put it at $1,000, um, that, that it has no value. Uh, our currency itself, the dollar, it, you could say has no value, right? It only has value because we say it has value because we believe it has value. But what we're talking about is a piece of paper, right? That's all it is, right? It has God, you know what I love so much? Value. What I love so much yeah. about these discussions is that Joe Rogan, I, and I'm one of these people who I feel like he's one of the most trustworthy news sources when it comes to generalized news, right? When he's having these discussions about crypto and crypto regulation, he has that same narrative of problem, reaction, solution. And we're going to see it in this clip here as he blames Sam Bankman-Fried stating that we need crypto regulation and more regulation around the industry to solve a lot of the problems that are taking place. So, Andrew, we're going to let the short clip play and go right back to you. Here we go. Um, crypto. Yeah, it was always a hot dumpster fire. Um, always? Yeah, I'm not, not going to say that it was all fraud. Some of it was a pyramid scheme. Uh, there's never been anything there. Uh, 
it serves no purpose. It's not a store of value. It's not a medium of exchange. And as we have seen, if you want to decentralize and not under government control, it is a haven for fraudsters. And now it is in the process of going to zero, except for Bitcoin, which will probably go negative because if we're moving into a world with carbon taxes, you have to take into account the energy that it took to produce it in the first place. <sighs> well, that's certainly playing out with like FTX. Yeah. Where you're finding out that there'll be more house of cards. Yeah, do, you, do you feel like that's just sort of opened the door for people to examine all of crypto now? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like as soon as you have one of the big ones go down, it's just, just go down catastrophically yeah. within a week. Yeah, I mean, just there, there's no intrinsic value to this asset. Andrew, what frustrates me about this conversation is that they're talking about the FTX collapse, like that's a flaw within the crypto industry, when those were criminals stealing money. So just because they were operating in crypto doesn't mean that's a problem with blockchain or a problem with cryptocurrencies. It means there were criminals taking advantage of a regulatory framework that they can get away with things like that. They met with government officials. They were working with Gary Gensler and they were even working with White House officials. So to say that they misunderstood we need regulation, I think that's a wrong way to look at the market. But when they're having these conversations, another thing that catches my attention, they don't individually look at crypto projects. They talk about Bitcoin and Bitcoins as the entire market. So it really goes to show that the mainstream narrative right now is extremely uneducated. If you're in this live chat and absorbing this information every day, you're so far ahead of the average person. And I think this video is a prime example of that, Andrew. What, is, what catches your attention here? You know, I'm not so sure that I know this guy, but I, I'm wondering by whom is this guy paid? Or he is just so unknowing that he is not absolutely don't know what he's talking about. I mean, if you if you study a little bit the, the blockchain technology and all the possibilities from an innovation point of view, what, what's possible, then the blockchain is, ve is a very solid, it will be a very solid industry in the future. Where is the problem? The problem is when people, just human beings, are able to centralize money, for example, centralized exchanges, centralized lending platforms. I mean, there comes the problem, the, the, the greed that, that's happening, because if you have a lot of money under your, under your wings, then, yeah, it is, it is tempting to do other stuff with it. And there the problem starts. And a little bit for, for preparing this, uh, this, 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 uh, this Good Morning Crypto show today, I was I was looking up a little bit about decentralized planning, lending platforms. Do we ever hear something about Aave or Compound? Do we ever hear anything about it? No. Why not? It is trustless. I mean, if 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 the if you if you if you borrow money with leverage and it goes under your threshold, then it is automatically settled and there is no discussion at all. You cannot fake the system. It's open. You can see it on the blockchain. And that's actually, I think, more and more, we are proving the world that people cannot be trusted with money. And, and that's why we need to go and we have to go to decentralized systems. And I'm telling it over and over again. And that's why I like the blockchain so much, because the blockchain now gives the, the possibilities for decentralized systems. And... You know, and it also has a lot of convenience, for example, with, with, uh, with synthetics, you know, that's uh, mirroring real life assets on a blockchain way of thing. I mean, if you're currently uh, trading uh, stocks, yeah, that you have to you have to wait for opening hours of the stock market. It's, it's, it's insane. 
I mean, it maybe has not nothing to do with, with what this guy said about the intrinsic value, but there is so much to say. There is so much uh, uh, possibilities that that yeah, this guy is either uneducated or he's paid by somebody. And you know, on the other hand, uh, when the first car yeah years ago in around 1900, when the first cars arrived in in a city, then you know we had only a horse and carriage. When the first uh, combustion engine car came into a city, you had to walk in front of the car with a red flag. A car is coming. You know that was that was uh, local regulations, and that's what you see here. People don't know what they are talking about, and believe me, after a couple of years, it will be totally different, and everybody will say, "But what 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 the heck happened there?" And and these guys these guys with uh, with FTX, and yeah, they are just criminals. A hundred percent, Andrew. And this is exactly what Mark Yusko was saying when this this collapse initially happened in mid-December. Gonzo, I want to get some thoughts from you because what sticks out to me right now is every single mainstream narrative about crypto is fearful. And we talked about it with Jenna last week. I believe it was last Wednesday. We were talking about how people are learning about crypto, but they're hearing about it in the worst ways possible. So we tried to take a positive spin and talk about how this is the subconscious programming that needs to take place. You move markets through fear. And what's going to happen is we're going to have an asset collapse possibly in 2023. And we've witnessed it in 2022. Stocks and bonds are both down over 20%. And that's reason to be concerned for anybody operating in traditional finance. Coach JV was actually talking about this last week. Central bank digital currencies are going to be the solution for the infinite money printing. And so if we are going to save these markets and we are going to turn the printing press back on, the best way to do that is not to print more fiat dollars. It's to move with the markets with central bank digital currencies. Take the consumer and bring them closer to the person initiating the debt. And that's how you upgrade the banking system for the Federal Reserve, but not for the retail consumer. Gonzo, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right, Abs. I think the goal is to move us as the retail people closer to the central banks, right? Um, to give them more power. They want more authority. They want to be able to control all the money, not just certain segments of the money. Um, but like this happens every bear market, right? Every bear market, these guys come out of the woodwork. Um, and and it, it's that same narrative that, it, you know, it's for criminals, even though when statistically speaking, when the DOJ or the FBI forgot did the study, I think it's less than even half a percent. I think it's 0.4% uh, of transactions on the uh, blockchain or, or on Bitcoin's blockchain are like some kind of fraud, right? Not fraud, but some kind yeah. of crime, right? They always use the money laundering thing. Like nobody is going to use an, uh, an asset that is on a ledger that is everyone can look at to launder money, right? That is just a narrative that has continued over from the days of like Silk Road, right? There, nobody argues that when, when Bitcoin started out, one of its use cases was during Silk Road, right? If you guys don't know what Silk Road was, it was a online website where you could buy drugs. You could buy a lot of different other things, but it was mainly for drugs. And so the way that they interacted was, is they used Bitcoin, right? Um, and so I think that's where these narratives come from and they just don't go away, uh, right? But these guys come out of the woodwork, like Jim Cramer, right? Saying that, I mean, I, I can't wait for the memes that come out on Jim Cramer uh, when, you know, in 2025 or in the next bull run, right? But these guys always come out of the woodwork. And usually what it's signaling to us is that we're, we're either at our bottom or we're hitting our bottom, right? Because this thing always happens. Uh, they always say that it's a scam. They say it's going to zero. They say this time is different, right? Every bear market that we've had, whether it was Mt. Gox, Bitfinex, whatever event 
was catastrophic, they always tell us that, oh, this time it's over, this time it's zero, this time they're going to come in and regulate it out of existence. Um, and I just, I just don't see that happening. That's not happening. Andrew Castle, I'd love to get some thoughts from you, but what Gonzo just said plays perfectly into the statements that we got from the MD of Europe currently working at Ripple because she believes that central bank digital currencies are going to become prominent in 2023. And Ripple's been making headway in this regard with its notable partnership with Bhutan Central Bank developing a central bank digital currency right now. So we're seeing this stuff happen all over the world. The BIS just took a, a, a survey, I believe, in mid-2022, and they found that 90% of central banks on the planet are working or in the process of developing a central bank digital currency. Now Ripple's doubling down on those takes. What does that mean to you, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, Epps, if you would be a central bank uh, uh, director or, or owner, what would you do? Would you say, no, no, digital currencies or, or central bank digital currency is nothing? Of course not, because if you lose your power, then, then you have nothing anymore. So the only escape for central banks and, and governments is central bank digital currency because, yeah, they can take the money out of your pocket. It can be all, all everything can be programmed and you can even uh, let money expire. I mean, that is the wet dream of every politician who, who, who gives uh, uh, gives money away and, and, and for, for uni universal basic income, you know, you can say with central bank digital currencies, okay, you get the money, but you have to spend it in three months or else the money expires. I mean, the, the, only, the, the, the only thing is how long will the people um, 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 say or, or accept this this route into money prisoning and and as soon as the people say enough is enough then you know the the it will not exist anymore but you know there are so many people that are thinking that also here in the netherlands we get um, um uh, compensation for the high natural gas prices and then you know and it is all printed printed money from 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 governments bonds and I think, come on, guys, it makes no sense to uh, Andrew. It's to, funny because you've been through a bear market before, correct? Were you in this market in 2017? No, I wasn't there. Okay, so during the bear market in 2017, I wasn't fully into this market, but I had a little bit of crypto, I was watching it. And these narratives, it's the exact same narratives every single time, whether it's a China ban, a ban on mining, regulations coming, individual projects, Ethereum's going to crash. We're going to see it time and time again until we have centralized currencies operating on the blockchain. And I don't think it's going to be a destruction of DeFi, but I do think there are individual projects that are going to thrive and there are going to be some that are going to absolutely tarnish during this time. And Bitcoin, when it comes to carbon credits, could be in a really difficult situation. If there was any truthful statement in the video that we did play, it's not about the price of Bitcoin going below a dollar or whatever he said, but it's the fact that carbon credits could have a negative effect on the mining of Bitcoin and Gonzo. I'd love to get your opinion there. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. You know, um, th these narrative things that we talk about, like that zero carbon, that ESG, environmental social governance, that's going to be a huge uh, thing going forward. Uh, and I, you know, and I, I think that's a big deal of why I invest in Ethereum, right? Because of that ESG narrative of how it's converted. Um, you know, don't worry. I think the Bitcoin maxis are going to be fine. They're going to be able to counter that narrative. But, um, you know, wh when they say, so... They're like, what, last time we checked, there's like 22,000 crypto projects. 
So we're yeah. not saying that they're not all going that they're they're all good projects, right? A lot of these projects are garbage, they're scams, they're pump and dumps, right? And so a lot of them need to go away. So when we talk about like um, crypto projects, crypto assets, cryptocurrencies, we're talking about real projects that have real world use case and that are going to be around, right? Uh, but I think that the narrative thing is something that we should look at, like especially going into like 2023. A perfect example of that right now is gaming, right? Everyone was talking about gaming, that gaming was dead, that it didn't work out, that it was a bust, right? But look at the rally that we've had, right? Look yeah. at Gala. It's up 138% in a week, right? And so what, what um, I'm going to try to do, I think what we're going to try to do as a team to, to bring information to our community is looking at these different types of narratives, right? A couple months ago, after FTX collapsed, the narrative was decentralized, right? It was the DEXs. Um, I think gaming is doing a resurgence, right? But instead of like investing in the individual projects, you can do something like Gala that's more like of a gaming studio. So that covers your projects like Ultra or Vulcan Forge. Those are more like kind of gaming studios. And I feel just my opinion that they're a little bit safer because instead of like one game and one ecosystem, they have kind of like multiple games. Same thing with like IMX, right? They do the layer two scaling solution for Ethereum. Um, I, I think they, they're going to have a place in the future. Um, another big narrative to look at is layer two solutions, right? As Ethereum moved to proof of stake and it's going to need to scale, you're going to have different layer two projects, whether it's Matic, whether it's um, Arbitrum, uh, Optimistic, uh, or OP. Um, all of these projects are going to have to work with Ethereum. So I think that's a narrative to look at. And there's going to be other narratives that come up. Um, and I think um, if you want to be a smart investor, it's going to be identifying these narratives before they kind of pop off and then being able to kind of like Andrew says, putting your little two to $500 and just kind of see where it goes. Yeah. hundred percent. Andrew, I'd love to get some thoughts from you here, but we're showing the gala price chart and Gonzo. I hadn't looked at it in this time frame, but it is unbelievable. We got all the way up above 80 cents just 12 months ago and look at where we are today. You talked about how we're up over 130%. The more you zoom in, the bigger these green candles look. And what's exciting about this price chart in particular is that this has created a solid bottoming structure. We traded in these low ranges for several months, about a year now, and we're finally getting an uptick. So it's not a surprise. I don't think this could be a huge run for Gala, but we're getting that use case. And we're going to dive into that article later today. I wanted to play this clip one more time, Andrew, because I think he said a lot of great things. But the misinformation about Bitcoin, I'd love to call it out and then we'll move on. Here we go. Uh, there's never been anything there. Uh, it serves no purpose. It's not a store of value. It's not a medium of exchange. And as we have seen, if you want to decentralize and not under government control, it is a haven for fraudsters. And now it is in the process of going to zero, except for Bitcoin, which will probably go negative because if we're moving into a world with carbon taxes, you have to take into account the energy that it took to produce it in the first place. Boom. Andrew Cashflow, I'd love for you to close us out on this segment. What do you believe, what do you believe on his take about Bitcoin? Let's not address the price targets, but how do you feel about carbon credits playing a factor in the future? You know, I think, and first of all, please delete this guy because he is making so much nonsense. But I think um, if the pressure from, from the society becomes bigger and bigger, that the, the, the negative impact of uh, mining Bitcoin, uh, that will uh, trigger... Uh, new ideas for people how can we make bitcoin energy neutral so that also makes an uh, an, an, an 
an acceleration in thinking of, about how can we make um, <laughs> it's a rare form today. <laughs> yeah, how, how can we make uh, uh, energy more more uh, more efficient? And how how can you mine it? You know, somebody else already said here in the chat that a lot of Bitcoin is, for example, mined in Iceland with with geothermal uh, energy and all that kind of stuff. But nobody. It looks like those those negative guys or those non-educated guys. Yeah, they are not willing to talk about it, but it takes away their their fear. It's all fear porn. What what they what they are doing because they do not want you to get in, or they don't understand it themselves. So I would say educate yourself, yeah, and 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 understand what what is happening in the world at the moment with 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 with, with, the, with the central banks and with the digital uh, the central bank digital currencies, but also on the other hand with the, with the cryptocurrencies and understand that several. Uh, currency systems can also exist next to each other and you know so it, it's interesting and every bear market as you said already uh, apps every bear market we go to the same to the, through the same narratives um yeah uh, by the way about gala i loved that you zoomed out a little bit because what is 160 percent when you go from one cent to uh to to maybe four cents if it was 80 cents a year ago, what I mean, what are we talking about? I, I'm not a trader. I, I what I do hope we're talking about, Andrew, is a reversal in trend. And that's why I think it's so important. If this is some sort of a bottoming structure, I'm not going to say that you should go out and chase Gala's pump. That's not that's not what we do, obviously. But what I do think is that Gala may have created a bottom here at three cents. We've regressed over 95 percent. Now we've moved from three cents up to about five, and it's a little bit exciting. I do own some Gala. I do have some Gala nodes, so I'm incentivized to be excited about this project, but I'm not paid by Gala. So there we go. We got 228 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gonzo, I'd love to get into this next article and touch it very briefly because one of the largest narratives around cryptocurrency today is the Logan Paul NFT collapse and the debacle that took place on YouTube. I want to show our listeners something in case they haven't seen these videos yet. This CoffeeZilla character, I just found out about him a couple of months ago. He's doing massive numbers when it comes to crypto adoption and crypto coverage on YouTube, getting over seven and a half million videos uh, views on this video, 4.4 million views here, and 6.2 million views exposing the Logan Paul crypto collapse. So Gonzo, I'm not sure if you're familiar with who Logan Paul is, but very popular influencer, does some WWE, does some boxing, very popular in America. The reason I wanted to point this out it's because Logan Paul is claiming that he's now ready to take accountability for these projects and the fraud that happened. But in the beginning, he denied the allegations, said that he was going to sue CoffeeZilla for defamation. And I think this is a broader picture I'd like to paint. You cannot trust the large influencers in this market. And I don't think you can trust any of the athletes that come into this market. Tom Brady, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Tiger Woods. I don't care who it is. If you don't fundamentally understand the project and what's being created, don't go off the word of Logan Paul because Logan Paul put in a million dollars. That doesn't mean these projects are going to be successful. And I think that's what was exposed in this project. Gonzo, I'd love to give you the open floor. What's it mean to you? Yeah, you know, CoffeeZilla has absolutely blown up over this thing. You know, I think he's gained like, I think he doubled. He was like at a million followers. He's like two point something million now. The views are just out of control. Um, I didn't know about the project until I kind of watched some of the videos. And then Ben, you know, before talked about it and stuff. But like, I think you bring up a good point, Abs, is that you get these like uh, either famous people like a Tom Brady or uh, maybe like um, Steph uh, Curry, like, like Steph Curry or like yeah. um, Paul. Uh, what, what's his name again? <laughs> Logan Paul. 
the Logan Paul. <laughs> he's a huge influencer and they have these huge like communities and people that follow him. But that doesn't mean that they're educated in whatever they're getting into. And when I look at it in the overall, what it seems like to me is like he had this idea. It seemed like it was a good idea, but he didn't surround himself with the right people or the right team. And he didn't know. I've seen some interviews where he's talking about Ethereum gas fees and the ways that he explains it. It tells me that he doesn't really understand how Ethereum works, right? And why we have gas fees. And that, so that should have been an indicator right there. So I'm not saying that these guys can't become educated, right? But when you see them talking, you should judge for yourself. And if they seem like they are not so educated or you're more educated than them, then probably not a good idea to invest because what happened is this whole thing blew up in his face. Not to mention we're in the middle of a bear market. And I think this thing got rolled out like towards the end before the crash. And so even if it was a good project, it probably would have tanked because all the liquidity has been taken out of the market, right? Um, Gonzo, you know what makes me concerned though is the fact that even after these allegations came out and the hard evidence was presented, Logan Paul was trying to back down and step away, calling himself the good guy in this thing and put the blame on other people. There are so many projects out there today where there's not a CoffeeZilla going after the developers and there's not a CoffeeZilla going after the influencers promoting these projects and people are getting screwed left and right. We've heard it time and time again, especially in the NFT market. 99% of these things are pump and not dump literally go to zero. These assets have no value after nine months. And that's why I'm so concerned about this narrative. If we didn't pump this out, if CoffeeZilla didn't create all of these videos, Logan Paul just would have never spoke about the project again. And all of those people who lost hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars, they would have never seen a penny in return. And I'm not saying they're going to now, but I do think at least he's going to be held accountable and we can see some change. Andrew, what do you think about that detail? Um, yeah, that there is a lot of us and uneducated people. It, it, it's going over and over again, you know, and I always try to, to, to be positive. And also this, 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 the, the, the crew behind this coffeezilla, um, I'm wondering, I was wondering myself, how can we help them? I mean, let's reach out and let's see if we can say, you know, uh, I mean, we are also pretty, pretty good, uh, YouTube channel at, at the, at, at the moment. And I think we can help others to educate others. I mean, don't talk negative about other people. I mean, I don't like it. I like to talk about opportunities. And that's what I like to do here also. And yeah, you know, you know, 2.4 million uh, subscribers is a lot. And then if you bring out the wrong information, yeah, it's so, it's so, yeah, sad that, that people get hurt what, what Gonzo also already said. So, um, yeah, you know, there is a lot of uh, evangelistic work for us to do to educate the people over and over again and also warn them that, that, that there is so much scam and pump and dumps. And, you know, and if you say, OK, I want to invest in crypto. Make it easy for yourself. Don't go with the with with with, with the exotic projects. Just go to CoinMarketCap, invest in the top 10. Exclude, of course, the, the stable coins. Invest in the top 10 and diversify your money over the top 10 coins. And then you are pretty good for the future to, to buy and hold and, 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 and to make money in the future. And if you really want to, uh, uh, yeah, to speculate on stuff, do it only with a maximum of 10% of your money. And the rest, do it in safe assets. You know, everyone wants to, uh, to be a millionaire overnight. And sometimes I ask people, how many people do you know 
who became by accident a millionaire overnight. Zero people, nobody. It is just an exception. And then still the people are not telling you exactly what happened because often if somebody naja, wins a lottery, he will lose his money in two years. So it is really, it also needs the mindset to, 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 to get money, to keep money and to grow money. You know what? That's what we're teaching in the, in the academy. That's so, what we uh, talk about every day, Andrew. And one of the most important things, I think, if we always talk about how 99% of crypto is going to go away, that may be a low number. There's 22,000 projects in the market. And really, I think there's only 25 to 100. And that's I know that's a broader number, but I think there's only 25 to 100 that are really going to be sustained after regulation and have that seven to 10 year runway. But Gonzo, I'd love for you to close this out here. Logan Paul's got over 20 million followers on YouTube. Joe Rogan has the largest podcast on the planet, and both of them are talking about the fraudulent uh, stuff taking place in the crypto market. Why do you believe that to be the case? Why is this the mainstream narrative right now? Um, so I think he already had like a huge following, but um, you know when you have like SBF uh, and uh, the FTX collapse being pushed out by the mainstream media, now you have like a kind of YouTube influencer or mainstream influencer involved in something kind of similar and people just like drama they're drawn to it like your brain gets addicted to that right to the chemicals uh that it produces right and so um to me it's all just a distraction like what we really should be focused on is doing your research finding these narratives that we're going to have in 2023 so that you can get in your bets so that when those narratives pump you know you can pull your profits and then put them back in Right. Uh, all of this stuff is just like a bunch of narrative, but people love negativity. They love drama. Right. They love the back and forth between Coffeezilla and um, and Logan Paul. You know, he's definitely his his reputation has taken a big hit right now. And um, but like, you know, like anything else, I think human beings have short term memories and um, those people that are loyal to him are going to stay with him. But like, you know, that's the narrative right now is to beat up on crypto or that everything's a scam. So I think it just kind of falls into that. And so people are just kind of looking for that kind of confirmation bias. So if they already think that crypto's a scam, they go and watch the video and go, yep, see, there it goes. It was a scam. Right. And so yep. I think you get a lot of that. And this is a clear example of problem reaction solution, right? Whether it's intentional or not, the collapse of FTX has started the mainstream narrative conversation about crypto. And I do think inevitably crypto regulation is only six, maybe nine to 12 months away. In the grand scheme of things, that's right around the corner. We got 236 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I'd love to play this video of Mark Yusko talking about how the useful idiots are bringing in crypto regulation. Then we're going to dive into some more news. Here we go which turns out there was no trading enterprise. So what I am willing to believe is that these two are useful idiots. Right. They are just pawns in a very large, very elaborate system that was designed, one, to do money laundering, and there's clear evidence of, of money laundering. Two, uh, that perhaps there was intent. Again, uh, this is a supposition, not an accusation. I'm just trying to put the pieces together. It is certainly possible that uh, there was an intent by someone or some ones to have this be an example set so that yeah. regulators could come in and punish the industry. I, I guess earlier today, right before we got on, on air, uh, someone tweeted that a senator asked a congressional hearing whether there should be a pause 
in crypto until mm -hmm. America, until the U.S. regulators can regulate it. Well, the absurdity of that statement just tells me how fraudulent so much of this stuff is. When you talk about government officials regulating crypto in the correct way and doing it unbiasedly, it's nearly impossible. And William Hinman's a perfect example of that. Whether he did something illegal or he didn't do something illegal, he was clearly operating with an incentive for Ethereum to succeed. He worked at an Ethereum Alliance member before he was at the SEC made statements about Ethereum, then went back to Simpson and Thatcher, who directly profits when Ethereum goes up. So Gonzo, I think that's what Mark Yusko was hinting at here. There's no unbiased players in this market, and that's how crypto regulations are going to roll out in the U.S. What's it mean to you, my friend? Um, I think he's spot on. Um, I think there were a lot of people that were complicit in this whole thing. Um, and you don't have to look any further than um, if you check out the Bernie Madoff thing, they made a documentary on Netflix. Definitely check that out. If you look at all the players that were involved in that, the powerful people that have tons of money that continue to feed him, right, and continue to feed the scam and the Ponzi scheme. Um, and now you look at, it's like a, a duplicate of what happened with SBF, Alameda Research, and, and the whole thing, right? When you look at the, what happened with Bernie Madoff. And so what, what I was wondering when I was watching that documentary and I was talking to Shelly is, you know, Kevin O'Leary has defended him to like to nth degree. And so when you when I look at something like that, it makes me wonder, well, how involved was Kevin O'Leary? Right. And people like Kevin O'Leary. Why do they continue to, to defend SBF? Well, maybe it's because just like Bertie Mayoff, having those powerful people that were behind him and should have known better. Because they're not stupid people. They're smart people, right? So they should have known that something was up, but they continued to feed the scheme, right? And so when I look at SBF and FTX, I don't have any evidence. I'm just talking my opinion right now. But that's what it seems like to me is that people like Kevin O'Leary were complicit in what happened with FTX and everyone else got sucked into it. Right. And I love um, the interview they did on Squawk Box, Gonzo. I'd love to kick it right back to you. But Kevin O'Leary was on Squawk Box after the FTX collapse. And he was saying how he got fleeced. He's lost $10 million. And the guy called him out on the spot and goes, they gave you a $15 million check to begin with. You're up $5 million. And Kevin O'Leary almost got flushed in the face, shocked by that. And, you know, I think it's, it's, it's truthful. It's like they paint a certain narrative and the truth is so far from what they tell us. Kevin O'Leary still made $5 million after the X collapse. Even though he lost $10 million, they gave him a $15 million check. He's up $5 million, but he paints this narrative like he's the everyday guy. I lost money too. It's just not the case. And I'd love to get some thoughts from you here. There is zero evidence. This is what Charles Gasparino was saying from Fox News. There is zero evidence that Bill Hayman did anything illegal. And this is one of the biggest things going on in the market today. The XRP versus Ethereum lawsuits. There's a lot on the horizon. Andrew, I'd love to get your thoughts. Um. Yeah, actually, I this is this is so um, what I sorry, maybe I didn't make that clear. What I wanted to get is your opinion on whether William Hinman did anything illegal. We know that government officials are incentivized to have certain projects succeed and certain projects not succeed. We're seeing it with the Ripple lawsuit today, but everybody's worried about Ethereum gate. What do you believe takes place? Do you believe that Ethereum is going to be incentivized to succeed because guys like this are always promoting it? Yeah, what I know about Ethereum, there are so many projects on Ethereum building. And there is so much uh, 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 yeah, banking and other uh, institutions involved in Ethereum already that that's insane. So Ethereum must succeed. And you know, it, it's not a coincidence that, uh, that 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 actually Ethereum got a free pass from the from the SEC and, and Bitcoin before the, the, the lawsuits the, the lawsuit started. So yeah, you know, there is so much. Um, yeah, uh, uh, 
influence under under the table and and what what we don't see and 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 what you also say about the uh, Kevin O'Leary he's still five million up he wasn't lying he lost 10 million this is true I mean he's a nice guy he lost 10 million oh boy yeah if he's 10 million uh, five millions up yeah that's something else so what what is happening at the moment it is the battle about the subconscious programming and maybe and that's what we also, uh, uh, yeah, what JV is also teaching a lot. Yeah. People are doing the things 80, 90, maybe 95% of the, of uh, subconsciously. So what you really believe, that's what you do. So if he, the other guy talks about the Mark Josko about the useful idiots. Yeah. They really believe it that Bitcoin is used for, for, uh, for money laundering and, and that kind of stuff because they hear it over and over and over again. So yeah, it, it's every time it's the same story, at least for me. And uh, uh, yeah, it, it's going on and on. Thank you, Andrew. And I'd love to get into our next article. I'm just realizing we're already 41 minutes into the podcast. We got so much more to talk about, but we got 258 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. And Gonzo, I'm going to kick it to you first on this article, because of course, there's more fear around the crypto market as federal prosecutors in the SEC are probing crypto titan, the digital currency group. Federal authorities are reportedly investigating the internal finances of crypto giant, the digital currency group. Anonymous sources familiar with the matter say that prosecutors from New York are probing the transactions between DCG and Genesis, as well as what customers were told about those transfers. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission is also investigating the digital currency group, but they haven't made it clear as to what they're looking into. Neither the DCG or their billionaire CEO, Billiard, uh, Barry Silbert, have been accused of any wrongdoing yet, but a spokesperson from DCG told the, told the firm that, They've never operated out of integrity and they've always conducted business lawfully. But Gonzo, the most important detail of this article is that right now the DCG owes Genesis $1.7 billion in loans. That's a big number. What's this article mean to you, my friend? Yeah, that's the whole thing that we've all been waiting for, right? We're all waiting to see, is this going to be the other shoe that drops that makes that lower low? Or, you know, have we seen the worst with the FTX collapse, right? You have that drama that's going on between the Wilkovot, the Wilkel can't say their name, the, the Gemini twins, right? The Winklevoss Wil- twins. Winklevoss. <laughs> That's like a tongue twister for me. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, Winklevoss, right? What do they call them? Anyways, um, but yeah, they, they had that open letter that they sent to Barry. Basically, um, they went right up to the edge. They didn't accuse him of doing fraud or something um, illegal, but like they kind of went into that gray area uh, in that letter. And I know there was a response basically from Barry saying that they need more time. Um, and so, you know, this all ties into the whole GBTC trust, right? Or in the Ethereum trust that is in the negative. And we're trying to see how this whole thing um, plays out. Uh, w- when you talk about the financial legacy system, though, um, a billion dollars is something that um, I think that at the last minute they're going to get covered, right? Someone else is going to come in. Some huge entity is going to come in with that money uh, is what I believe is probably going to look like. Um, cause otherwise they're going to have to, um, they're, they're going to have to liquidate some of their assets, right? That's the whole discussion with, with, with the trust is if they're going to have to liquidate that. But if that does happen, I think that's where we get that lower low. Um, but you know, we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. That's where we're kind of paying attention. It seems like it's kind of heating up though. Like we had some news about it back in December and now that we're in January, 
it seems like um, this that narrative around DCG is kind of heating up. Thank you, Gonzo. And we got so much planned for our listeners. But before we get into our remaining articles, we're going to show you the smartest way to track your cryptocurrency. Here we go, my friends. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and totals since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com, that's MerlinCrypto.com, and sign up for early access for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. And Gonzo, Merlin is the smartest way to track your crypto. But with all the news that's going on today, we got to talk about the Flare airdrop because everyone is anticipating we are only 24 hours away from receiving the first of what people are calling stimulus checks. I have to find the roadmap here, Gonzo. So I'd love to give you the open floor to talk about Merlin, and then I'll pull up that chart. Yeah, Winklevoss. There it goes, Winklevoss. I don't know why I can say that. It's so random. Uh, but yeah, it, actually, this weekend, I was helping Johnny. We are doing some instructional video stuff. So uh, that, that, that we're getting closer, right? Uh, but not only with the, with the Flare thing is cool. You're going to talk about that. But uh, it's going to be a, a big week. We got Flare and then we got X Royalty, right? I'm looking at the countdown meter right now. We got a, one day and 15 hours to mint. So I think that's going to be huge. I think it's going to be a great week for, um, for 3T Warrior and for Coach JV. They've been working really hard on this project. Um, and um, yeah, I just, I'm just really happy for them. And I think it's going to be awesome. I totally agree, Gonzo. And can you believe it's almost January 11th of 2023? I remember the days when Ripple first got sued by the SEC that we were saying, if we have to wait until February of 2022 for this to be over, that's so long. Well, here we are today. And luckily, yep. we're still in this market doing better than ever. But Andrew Cashflow, let's dive into the Flare Network news here because everyone's excited about the free money coming to these exchanges and you are the airdrop king. So what are you anticipating before we dive into the details Sun, or I think we're only 24 hours away from the first flare airdrop. What's the first thing that sticks out to you, Andrew? Let me give you a little bit of uh, uh, um, perspective. Uh, um, the snapshot, actually, because a lot of people, oh, how can I get the, 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 the flare airdrop? The snapshot was already on the 12th of December 2020. And at the same date, there was also a snapshot for the Songbird tokens. And actually, the Songbird tokens are already uh, distributed. And what, what may be a little bit difficult, but uh, uh, yeah, Gonzo will make videos for that. It will all be distributed in an Ethereum kind wallet, which is, for example, the MetaMask wallet. So also the Flare network. It will not be distributed in the, in the XUM wallet because it is not, it is an, uh, an Ethereum based, uh, based token. But if I look a little bit over the, the, the whole arena with XRP and what's happening there, you know, from the Songbird tokens, we had the XFi, Flare Finance airdrop. Uh, we had an airdrop of the Sologenic token. The Sologenics is the, is the decentralized exchange in the, in the, in the, on the XRP uh, distributed ledger network. Yeah, we had uh, 
the XBS, XCBS uh, token. We had an airdrop. Uh, we had the, 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 the Corium token for smart contracts. You know, there is so much happening. And I'm really looking forward for also that Flare token because, yeah, I'm also curious what we'll do it with the price. So what I expect, the price, if, if it will be uh, uh, exchangeable, I'm not sure which exchange will uh, will, will trade it uh, on, on the short term, but I think it will spike up because there is so much news about it. And then as soon as it goes uh, up, you know, be aware, it will also go down again. And then maybe later it will come uh, uh, up. So so be, be aware what you're doing. If you can uh, buy some, if you do, do not get the airdrop and you can buy some, yeah, buy, buy some, but try to keep it low and small and take profits on the way up. For example, if you are in 100% profit, 200% profit, like like we talked about the, the Merlin exit plan, make your exit plan before you go in and, and keep it small fit your, with the amount of money you, you go in because else you know, it, it can it can be a disappointed appointment. But on the other hand, yeah, if the if the if the smart contracts on Flare will be go operational, it will also open a huge amount of, of possibilities between the the the, the XRP the, uh, blockchain and the MetaMask blockchain. You know, it is really interconnection with 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 the Spark uh, Spark Flare tokens. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to all the developments that will happen. And also, I, I also expect new projects will arise from that. So that means let, let all those guys talk about Bitcoin and it is a scam. And look what is happening here. Yeah, History is written here. This is the basis of, uh, of, uh, of history for, for, for blockchain. And 99.9 .9 people in the world have no idea what's all happening. Just, just. Yeah, almost under the surface, but but we know what it is, and uh, yeah, there is an, there is an enormous uh, uh, potential of uh, of new possibilities, and also keep keep following us when we see new opportunities. We will inform you about uh, uh, about new investments that you can do. So so let's see what happens, and especially um, if the new bull run will come. Which I do not expect before the end of this year maybe uh, maybe uh, beginning next year then it may might start we will see some volatility during this year so if you have your strategy ready you can make some money there but the big uh, the big uh, hit will come again uh, uh, yeah i think somewhere uh, by the end of uh, this year or early next year and thank you uh, exciting uh, exciting time but uh, yeah i'm happy that the flare uh, uh, tokens now will be distributed because it also proves it is a new step also for uh, for, uh, for 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 the project for Ripple for XRP for the whole community for the environment for the developers and uh, yeah really uh, good uh, good perspectives. Very interesting, Andrew. And we got 241 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We got some central bank digital currency and Gala news to dive into, Gonzo. But before we do that, I want to break down a couple of details I believe people should know about Flair. If you sell your first 15%, anybody who listens to this thing, this is the most important line of the podcast. If you sell your first 15% of Flair, you're not eligible for the remaining 85% airdrop. So please, Take that into consideration. Do not get your free money and instantly dump it. Even if the price is going down, 
You're not going to receive the remaining 85%. So just do the math. We got 232 listeners here, Gonzo, and they are interested in the Gala news as Gala is teaming up with several A-list celebrities to work on new projects. We've got Gala Games officially announcing an ongoing project with Dwayne Johnson and Mark Wahlberg, where Gala would be used as a token in Go Gala films and Go Gala music. Some other actors that they've been working with is Dwayne Johnson, Chris Rock, and Mark Wahlberg in developing two films specifically built on Gala. Now, one of the reasons this is so exciting for the token is because all of the digital assets and memorabilia for these films are going to be bought and sold in that token. So could see some new use cases, but how do you feel about the big names using this blockchain? Um, I think it's cool, right? I mean, it, it's an actual use case. That was the concern when, when, when they announced saying that they were going to do Gala Music and then Gala Films because they're a gaming platform that, you know, where they're going to create a new kind of Gala token and how was that going to work and the tokenomics. And it seems like they're finally kind of getting it together. And it looks like Gala, right? The main Gala token is going to pay the gas fees. So you're going to need Gala to buy these different things or to use the ecosystem, right? And then it just brings it credibility, right? Because you hear Gala Films and they're already kind of sort of working on projects. But when you get A-list actors like Mark Wahlberg and The Rock getting involved, you know that they're probably going to make a really good movie, potentially a blockbuster movie. I mean, and I don't know if you like The Rock. I like The Rock. I like Mark Wahlberg, too. He, he, may, he likes to make movies that are based on, like, real people. And so I love history, so I kind of like his movies. But I think it brings credibility to Gala Films. And that just brings in more people, right? People that are fans of them or fans of movies come into the ecosystem and they start to learn about blockchain um, and, and, and Gala games and all of that. And it just brings more people. So I'm, I'm super bullish. We've been accumulating, I've been accumulating Gala at, at the lows, right? When, when everything was all beat up and it was like, uh, you know, a cent oh five or whatever it was, or one and one and a half cents, two cents. That's when I was accumulating. And, and, you know, that's looking like a pretty good decision right now. And what's exciting, Gonzo, is that last December, me, Mario, and Johnny Crypto went to a Gala gaming event, and we got to meet one of the people quoted in this article, Jason Brink, who's the CEO and president of Gala Games. They're also working on a new revolutionary game for the mobile gaming platform. I think that Gala is going to have a global takeover, not only when it comes to private ownership of these projects, but when it comes to using the blockchain to, le to leverage memorabilia. I think it's a market that's yet to be touched, and when we have NFT tones on the show later this week, We'll be sure to dive into it. But Andrew, I want to get your thoughts on this last article as Robinhood shares nearly worth $500 million are being seized in the FTX case. The U.S. Department of Justice has seized more than 55 million shares of Robinhood stock owned by Sam Bankman-Fried. The shares were worth just over $456 million based on the closing price of 825. And with all this, with terrible news around the market today, of course, Sam Bankman-Fried's in the middle. What are you thinking about this news, Andrew? Five hundred million dollars worth of shares seized. This, this is this is also stinking. Every it stinks everywhere. I mean, and it and it's okay that it is seized. However, I also know that that based on on this uh, uh, on on these assets, yeah, other loans are given and taken, and 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 people are really hurt about it. Um, yeah, it is. It, it, it actually, it's 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 a disgraceful and, and, and terrible situation. What what's happening? And uh, um, can can we avoid it in the future? Um, probably as, as long as we are not decentralized in the in the in the for the, for the majority of financial transactions, which which I'm sure will happen in the next uh, twenty years. Things like this will keep keep going on, and uh, yeah. So what, what's yeah. more to say about it? It's actually it is a repetition of fraud and and 
and other kind of uh, uh, ter terrible things. And one of the other uh, things to note in this article is the U.S. government said it was in the process of seizing a number of assets potentially linked to FTX. So, Gonzo, this could only be the beginning for seized assets when it comes to Sam Bankman-Fried. Let's close this out for today. What do you think about this article overall? And that's it. Yeah, I think it was a matter of uh, just a matter of time, right? I mean, the government, uh, I know how we feel about the government, but when it comes to certain things, they're not stupid, right? Uh, in order when Gary Wang and Caroline got their deals, in order to get those kind of deals, you have to give up everything. So I'm sure they asked about where the assets were, different accounts. So whatever knowledge they had that SBF didn't keep to himself, they know about it, right? And so they're going to go after all of it. So, um, you know, uh, I was, I, I always kind of figured that um, when all this thing like kicked off and then once we knew they had them in custody and that they had given, they had flipped on them, I figured, oh, they're probably going to take those Robin Hood um, uh, uh, shares because th they have to find some way to find the money, right? Because the money's gone. So I think that the Robin Hood shares is just the beginning. Any kind of account that's attached to him, um, the next thing you're going to see them going after is any kind of the housing, right? Any kind of like the multi-million dollar condos or whatever, if they can attach it to him, um, they're going to they're going to seize that and they're going to liquidate all of that stuff to try to give people uh, their money back. That's kind of how it works. And Gonzo, we always say 2023 is the year of institutional adoption. And this is a prime example right here. Love to end the show today with some positive news for our listeners. As the MasterCard CEO says in 2023, their company is going to be laser focused on using crypto technology to create practical products build trust and solve problems for everyday people. One of our listeners said, shout out to the chosen ones. We got 207 chosen individuals in the live chat. Thank you for being here. I hope you had an amazing weekend. We're going to see you guys in 23 hours and we're going to close it out the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go.